It is the first week of Brain Injury Awareness Month, and today we're talking all about understanding the invisible injury. Welcome to Hope Survives Podcast. I'm your host, Christabel Braden, a traumatic brain injury survivor and advocate, singer-songwriter, speaker, and creator of Hope After Head Injury. This podcast is all about hope, support, and education as we explore the realities of life with brain injury, with messages of encouragement, interviews with doctors and professionals, and survivor stories. So glad that you found us today. No matter where you're at on your journey, there is always hope. We are here for the first episode of Brain Injury Awareness Month. Brain Injury Awareness Month. Can I even talk today? Brain Injury Awareness Month. I'm Christabel Braden. I'm a brain injury survivor, and this is my mom. I'm Cindy Braden. Cindy Braden, and she is a brain injury family member slash caregiver. <laughs> so today I wanted to talk about understanding the invisible injury. I know it's really broad. There's a lot of aspects to cover, but overall, I wanted to bring encouragement to brain injury survivors, awareness to those who want to learn more about brain injury, encouragement to families, and as always on the Message of Hope Survives podcast, the message that there's always hope. So where do we begin? To start off, I want to just ask you, Mom, what does understanding the invisible injury, what does that mean to you? Or Well, understanding the invisible injury, it means different things because from our home life and our what we experience every day is we understand that you can't really see how you're feeling, but we can sense it and we can pick up on the clues and things. But the invisible injury out in public, they see you walking, they see you talking with me, or they'll see you on the internet playing your guitar. Oh, she's fine. She's fine. And people are very quick to judge, we've learned. Yeah. I like that you touched on, like, the two different sides of the invisible injury, because it's invisible even at home. And, like, you know, your family kind of has to learn how to interact with you with your brain injury, because... They can't see when you have a headache. Sometimes you don't even know you have a headache. They can't see always when you're getting overwhelmed or they can't see or if I'm just irritable or (laughs) being rude, it could be because my brain is overstimulated. But that's not something that's always able to see. And so the family kind of has to go through this process of learning well, there might be something else going on or what what exactly could be going on. Yeah, sometimes like when you delay in a response when we're talking to you, it's not because you're just being belligerent or rude. It's because you're kind of processing. I think I heard something, but I'm kind of working through my headache to understand, oh, I need to answer that. And when that happens, I'll often say, "Mm, I think you have a headache, don't you? (laughs) And, um, And that's... That's what an invisible injury it is. It's not like, oh, here's some crutches. Here, let me let me help you up the stairs or um, things like that. Yeah. And for people with, um, a, especially a newly diagnosed brain injury, a lot of times the survivors themselves don't recognize that they have an invisible injury because they want to be fine. They don't want to acknowledge that they have a disability or they're having problems because, hey, they look fine in the mirror. 
They're still wearing the same clothes. Mm-hmm. And, and um, nobody wants to So have I guess that's three levels the of injuries. It. Yeah. Yeah, because your own understanding of yourself, too. Yeah. And I say this a lot, like even on the brain injury, um, on the Hope After Head Injury chat, that sometimes when you look in the mirror and you look at yourself and you're like, wow, you know, I look fine. Like you, you can even think that to yourself and you can end up being hard on yourself because you're like, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel exhausted, sluggish, uncertain? Like, why are my emotions spiraling out of control? Why am I not good enough? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why am I not good enough? And you start to really feel that deeply. And there's this like self uh, process that you have to go through. There's this process you have to go through of like self-realization, realizing what's going on, um, just kind of working through that on your own. But when you were talking about the family, like picking up on things, I was actually reminded of what happened this weekend when we were making breakfast or my we were like kind of making breakfast together and I was making tater tots in the waffle maker, <laughs> really fancy over here. And um, when I I was taking them out, but they weren't like crispy or done all the way and my dad was like usually leave them in longer but in my head I was already like in the process of taking them out (laughs) and I have this thing where once I start a mental task it's just physics I can't stop an object in motion stays in motion yeah so it's like even if my dad will like say something when I'm mid task or like even if I haven't started it yet but my mind is thinking like I'm gonna walk over there even if somebody says you should come over here my mind is already, you should walk over there. So I <laughs> go there first. So it's like, I don't necessarily, like, it's like everything is very, like, exact for me. And um, so, like, my dad was like, why are you, why are you doing that? I just told you you could leave the bed. And I was like, sorry, I was already doing it. And he's like, you were already doing it. I'm like, but in my head, I was already doing it. So, like, we left, we can laugh about it. Yeah. But um, those ones were kind of mushy, not gonna lie. It's one reason you don't drive. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but it's like, you know, these these moments, that's just one example. But, like, what about earlier on when my brain injury first happened? What are some examples you can share of, like, I looked fine, but some things that I would do at home or that just didn't make sense? Well, when she was first hurt, we had trouble getting care, proper care for her. And she could hold it together for about five minutes. And the people she would encounter who would have a discussion with her would have a three or four minute conversation. And then they would feel it was their business to come over to me and say, she's fine. You're just coddling her. She just wants attention. And then um, another time I was uh, like a couple a couple moms who were actually the moms of the kids that were involved when she got hurt. They asked me, how is she doing? I said, well, you know, I said, I said, some days are really rough. It's like she forgets things in the middle of it. She has trouble remembering where things go. It's, it's very mixed up, and it's, um, it's really hard. And they said, well, she was so exceptional before. Now you know what it's like to have a normal teenager. And that, that wasn't it. that wasn't it but if people if they can't see it a lot of people think they have the right to judge it 
Yeah. I, I kind of blame Simon Cowell on that. <laughs> from <laughs> Explain. <laughs> from American Idol. When he first started it, it became kind of popular to judge people and say exactly what you're thinking without without reservation. And I think our society has kind of done that a whole like, lot since he became on the scene. Yeah, and like all the internet stuff too. Like mm-hmm. people just feel like they just whatever they feel in the moment or think in the moment, that's their opinion and they need to like blast it online or whatever yeah yeah and i think yeah it's a lack of compassion yeah and generally society is not going to understand brain injury if they're not willing to be educated about it and that's why we have brain injury (laughs) awareness Awareness month (laughs) yeah exactly that's kind of what i was getting to like that's why we have to work so hard to bring awareness and social media is a great tool for that you know sharing facts awareness video sharing this video you know or any ones that you come across but I think in dynamics, in friendships, relationships, going through life, the whole invisible injury thing can really take a toll on you because you start to feel like, especially if a certain amount of time has passed since your injury, and I'll give an example from myself because that's what I know. It's my life. When my brain injury first happened, I was a lot more worse off, like, I struggled with memory loss. I would forget meeting people. I'd meet the same people over again. I would mix up, like, everything. Like, I I would be, like, trying to unload the dishwasher, and I'd put all the stuff in the wrong places. I'd eat a bowl of cereal. I'd put the milk in the pantry and the cereal in the refrigerator. Like, everything was all jumbled up. And I was very confused I was very exhausted. I just nothing made nothing made sense. And now I'm not that confused as I was back then. And I can see all the areas that I've improved. My memory loss is a lot better than it was. There are a lot of a lot of huge strides that have been made in my recovery. But I still struggle with headaches. I still struggle with you know, cognitive fatigue, and it'll go up and down. There'll still be days that my symptoms are really, really apparent, especially if I'm overwhelmed, overstimulated, haven't had a good sleep. If the weather is off, I get like struggles with the barometric pressure. And so... And they can be debilitating. Yeah, like debilitating, like headaches and migraines. And there's times when I feel to myself, well, so much time has passed. Why am I not doing better and or I look in the mirror and I think oh, I, I look fine or whatever like you know why do I feel like this like you know I, I just get tired of it and I get tired of dealing with this invisible injury and so like there's a point when you kind of try to hide it from other people like I went through like some seasons where I just like didn't really want people to know so like I'd make up excuses to not go places I wouldn't really be fully honest like it was my brain injury like I couldn't handle it and it's taken a lot of years for me to learn to be open with the relationships and the friendships in my life and be able to say like well I can't do things multiple nights in a row or you know I can't be on FaceTime that long because I can't spend screen time too long and learning how to communicate that and realizing some people may not accept it and don't necessarily need them in my life but there are friends that will understand and will accept it. And even if they don't fully understand the invisible injury or what I'm going through, they're at least willing to listen and learn. 
But it has taken a very long time to get there. Um, and I know that for many people that I meet, I come off as just a stay-at-home mom who um, doesn't do much. And I've even had people say to me, oh, my youngest is going off to college. Oh, my husband and I are so excited to be empty nesters. But you already know what that's like. I mean, they're completely clueless. They're and assuming I, that they know your life. And, you know, you just kind of go, I said, well, you know, it's not quite like that, but I'm really happy for you. Enjoy <laughs> it. And you just kind of go on about your way. I even had um, women in the PTA group call me up and tell me what I should be doing that I wasn't doing enough. And um, and I was putting in four to five hours a week of working in the copier room because I could do that on a schedule that wasn't super rigid. Um, and it would depend on your days and your doctor's appointments and your mm -hmm. therapies. I would yeah, go around like she'd be taking me to doctor's appointments like three or four times a week. <laughs> you know, like yeah, that's sometimes more than that. And and you never quite know. I can't plan ahead. I can't say I'm available at this time every month. I'm available. I can't do that. And this one woman kind of gave me a what for that I wasn't contributing enough. And it really wasn't her business that I wasn't. Um, but we I ended up just dropping out of PTA because it was really hurtful and and that was like my younger sister's PTA, mm -hmm. right? So, and here I'm thinking I'm part of a group, and I'm I'm really, I finally have a group that I'm friends with and stuff, and I find out, oh, we were all talking, and you're not doing enough, because you're a stay-at-home mom. They didn't understand that you were taking care of your other daughter that has a disability, but they knew that you had a head injury, but there was no, hey, how are you doing? Or yeah. Or anything, and it, and maybe it falls on me. I try not to tell everybody everything, but I, for one, would never assume that I could tell someone how to run their day. <laughs> yeah, and the thing about brain injury, like it affects it affects the whole family. So, family members, caregivers, like your life was affected too. Your life is affected too on a daily basis. It's okay for you have your own invisible. You might not have the invisible injury, but you have your own invisible battles that you go through also because it's it's a life-changing traumatic thing for there to be a brain injury in the family. And it affects everything. It's not just Oh, my poor baby. It's also, oh my gosh, we're putting four tanks of gas in the car. How are we going to budget for that? I didn't think of that. I mean, there's gas in the car to, to go to therapy. To go to therapy. Yeah. Yes. And there are just so many things that surprise you that you don't, no one prepares you for. And there's, and quite frankly, there's no one there saying, hey, do you need help? <laughs> and because also you don't really accept it. And maybe people just aren't good at that because you never quite know. You just don't know what you need. But it affects absolutely every aspect of your life. And But it looks invisible. I guess that's where we're going with it. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It looks invisible. Um, yeah, it affects everything. Or, like, people might not understand, like, oh, you had a brain injury. So they un they might even go on the website and look at the symptoms of brain injury. And they might think, oh, that you have headaches or difficulty concentrating or struggles with emotions or overwhelm. Maybe there's a physical injury. I have dysautonomia and I had right-sided weakness. And so, oh, like they have right-sided weakness or they might have vestibular or balance or vision issues. Like they might look at these lists of symptoms but not understand 
what does that actually practically look like? It looks like every moment of every day is hard. It's a challenge. Right. But we're not expecting, you don't expect everybody to say, hey, can I help you? But you, the problem is, is that so many people just judge you mm-hmm. the other way. They, um, we're not, you don't ask for help. You yeah. just are being your own warrior getting through the day mm-hmm. and you're totally fine with that. We are totally fine yeah. with that. Well, and we're not expecting everyone to understand. And I do think society as a whole has gotten better in terms of like mental health awareness, in terms of like understanding that people do have struggles. I, I think that as a whole, society has gotten a lot better about that. But at the same time, how does that practically look like in your life with your friends with your family with your work with your school with your even doctors and therapists like not all doctors and therapists even understand what you go through you know like part of on a daily basis part of that is because someone with a brain injury usually has to set up set aside the entire day for the doctor's appointment and usually rest before the, the day before you have the doctor's appointment, and then you rest the day after. Yeah, so they see you on your best. So yes. They're in that, like, one-on-one environment, you know. They're not seeing you in the grocery store, struggling with your balance, feeling like you're going to fall over because you're so overstimulated. Or, or dogs barking, or a TV on in the other room, or um, it's just a one-on-one thing. And and that's, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is okay, you know, but... I just feel like in this journey of living with brain injury, I've become really passionate about bringing awareness to it being invisible. I think it was back. I actually scrolled back on my Hope After Henry Instagram because I was looking at some of the first posts and it was 2014. That you first started? 2014. Uh, no, I started Hope After Henry online in 2012. But in 2014, I made a post that was like, just because the brain injury is invisible, it doesn't mean that you're invisible. You started talking about I started talking about that. Yeah. And that was 2014. And I remember like, it was, that was around the time I started having a lot more self-awareness. And I started working through my own emotions about my brain injury. And that's when I started to like think about it more and I wanted to bring more awareness to that and I will say over the years it's gotten better there's been a lot more brain injury awareness out there and I love brain injury awareness month I love how everyone comes together this month Um, but I do I hope that this podcast this episode or this conversation is able to just maybe bring some more understanding whether you're a survivor and you listen you had some aha moments or you're like I relate to that or you're a family member or caregiver or professional or somebody's trying to learn about brain injury I just hope and pray that this was able to bring some sort of encouragement to you some sort of uh, awareness some sort of understanding because There's no way we can cover every part of an invisible injury. And the other thing is, every brain injury is different. (laughs) So, you know, every journey is different. Like, I've had multiple brain injuries. I've had multiple reconcussions. And so my recovery story isn't just one brain injury, and I'm still Mm -hmm. dealing with it all these years later. It's one brain injury, started to get better, started to be in a totally different place, another brain injury, started to improve, another brain injury started to improve another brain injury so it's like you know it compounds on itself and so that's been my story and my reality has been that of re-injuries and dealing with it um even as recently as like a little over a year ago 
So it's been, you know, when you get a fresh injury, it's kind of like you're doing it all over again. Yeah, but you know how to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I just want to say, like, they're not all traumatic brain injuries. There's acquired brain injuries. There are people who've been born with a brain injury. There's strokes. There's encephalitis, hydrocephalus. There's all sorts of different brain aneurysms, you know, all sorts of different um, brain tumors, Mm -hmm. all sorts of different types of brain injuries. And so, but they do have in common that they're invisible. And I will say, like, I I would I say that I do believe brain injuries are invisible even though some of them might have visible side effects. For example, if somebody's in a wheelchair due to their brain injury. Right. That is caused by the brain injury, so you might say it might not be invisible in that case. However, when the general public looks at somebody in a wheelchair, their mind does not go to brain injury. They right. think there's something maybe with the legs or the spine or something like that. And so in that way, Brain injury is invisible no matter what kind of symptoms you have because unless somebody works in the field of brain injury or has been around a lot of survivors, they're not going to recognize it as brain injury. Yeah. Well, one of the things I think it's important to promote um, with brain injury being an invisible injury, if we can get that message out there, keep getting it out, you know, keep doing Mm -hmm. it and doing it, hopefully everyone will just have a little more compassion for everybody you see. Yeah. Because every, like as they say, everybody's fighting something. Yeah. Everybody is going through something. Everyone and has it, an invisible battle. And if you hold back that judgment just a little bit and just um, recognize that there are lots of different invisible injuries. Yeah. Brain injury <laughs> is just one of them. Yeah, there are. There are. But we can come together, spread awareness, spread encouragement, and spread hope. Yeah. So I hope this encouraged you guys today. Thank you so much for listening slash watching if you're on YouTube. We do put video versions of some of the episodes on my YouTube channel. Uh, if you're listening to it on the audio version, you could go check out the video if you would like. But um, thank you, Mom, for coming oh, on again you. today. Uh, Thank you. I mean, we talk about brain injury all the time. (laughs) We do. Yeah. So it is Brain Injury Awareness Month. I just wanted to make you guys aware of the More Than My Brain Injury campaign that's being done by the Brain Injury Association of America. I love this campaign. I, I like feel it deeply in my soul. I wrote a song called More To Me back in 2016 about that there's more to me than my brain injury. I've written poems about it. I posted one online in 2015 about that. Um, I wrote a devotional book called More to Me. So I love this theme. And so definitely check out the Brain Injury Association of America's website. And they have a campaign toolkit for the More Than My Brain Injury campaign. And you can find, like, awareness and stuff to post for social media on there. Stay connected on my Hope After Head Injury page on Facebook and on Instagram. We'll be posting a lot of stuff on that page. And my Brain Injury Bible Study Group Mm -hmm. is, yep, the Brain Injury Bible Study Group is meeting on Saturdays. If you'd love to join us, it is a free online Bible study for those who've had brain injuries and their families. So we'd love to have you. Join us as well. So, a lot going on. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you have to believe there's more to you than your brain injury. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here with Bye. us today. And I'll see you next time on Hope Survives. Bye, everyone. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Hope Survives Brain Injury Podcast. I hope this episode was able to encourage you in some way. To get in touch with me, you can connect on social media. The page Hope After Head Injury on Facebook does have a message option if you'd like to message me. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Christabel Braden is my page and at Hope After Head Injury is the Hope After Head Injury page. My website, ChristabelBraden.com or HopeAfterHeadInjury.com as well as join our support group on Facebook. All the links will be in the show's description, and we hope to see you next time on Hope Survives.